Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We are very excited you're here on this kind of chilly gray kickoff to fall season here well i guess it depends when people are listening it might be very sunny or where you are in the world yes it could be any number of weather conditions i guess right now but we are doing a short friday q a today on the consummate athlete podcast answering a couple variations of a, a question that we've had yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about this question because it's, it's something that's come up for me personally. And uh, so the, the topic is how much should I be training? And I, I feel like we often talk about training as it's like separate from life and separate from work and separate from family or, you know, that's what we almost sort of hope that training is going to be for us. Like it's this non-negotiable like set thing. Uh, but then this this week we were getting new carpets installed in the, the condo, which meant that we had to move a lot of furniture around and shift a lot of stuff and reorganize, reorganize a lot of stuff and lift a lot of heavy things. And it left me very, very tired the next day. So right. was, I think a good reminder for me this week that uh, life stress does in fact affect how much you can, you know, appropriately train. Yeah, I think that's ultimately the question, right? Is the, what can you actually do and and what should you do? You know, can you fit it all in as often, you know, you're going to make hours in the day, right? And and sometimes we do have to hustle a bit more, but it's always this this delicate, uh, sexy dance of trying to sleep enough, um, you know, and train enough and to take care of all the other amazing things you do in the day. I just think of that 30 Rock uh, sketch where Liz Lemon's in the airport trying to eat the meatball sub like before security to go chase the guy as she's like cramming the sub in her mouth she's just going i can have it all right uh, that's that's how i feel about mileage some see, of these days see i was thinking more like flight of the concords where they there's the comical song i'm trying to think what the song's called it's business time oh yeah, yes yeah. and then he turns it he's like uh taking his pants off maybe and he, tur- he, he like trips on them, but he turns it into a sexy dance or something to that effect. Anyhow, that's really what we're trying to do with training, right? Is is it's sort of this like crazy process. Uh, you know, it, it's not always, pl- you know, it's planned, but then often chaotic in the actual execution, right? And, and we're trying to turn it into what we've, I guess, coined here as a, a sexy dance. So I thought we thought that we'd look through this this week and, and some of the variations and, and hopefully some frameworks that maybe everyone can look at it through, right? So so the question might sound like, how much training do I need to do, right? That might be a very honest question. Maybe you're training, maybe you're starting training. How much do I need to do for that goal? It might be, am I training enough, right? This might be like confidence we're talking about here or you know maybe the race results or, or test results you know, group ride didn't go as we wanted, you know, I'm wondering, am I training enough? Right. And then it also might be like, am I training hard enough? Right. And are my intervals hard enough? Maybe I should just work harder in all my, my, my workouts. Uh, Every single workout. Yeah. Especially if I can't increase time, if I just work harder, right. Then I can do like twice the workout and half the time. Right. That's always reminds me of Ghostbusters when Rick Moranis comes out and he says he was doing like a workout video and he put it in fast forward and it was like twice the workout and half the time. It's oh, so good. Great workout. Yeah, there's probably a gif of that. I was actually. just going to say, I feel like we might need a gift guide to this episode at this point. <laughs> Not a gift guide, but a gift guide. Yeah. So if anyone wants to see that, just head on over to the show notes and I will drop a few choice ones in there. Right. So let's start with um, the idea of how much training do you need to do or, or, uh, and I always sort of just counter that as like, well, how much can you do? Like a good start for a lot of us, you know, as we're adult athletes, like the, the answer is sort of there. Um, there's maybe like a one or two hours we can like really struggle to get in or fit in or lunch our workouts or stay up late or get up early. But I think if we try and like, you know, put in those big rocks as, um, you know, I think if you go back to the Dr. Bub's podcast, he talks a lot about big rocks and this idea of like the sleep, the eating slowly, the nutritious meals, um, you know, these things are really like 
valuable, right? And they're not sexy. They're not a sexy dance, but they're part of the sexy dance. And, you know, they're going to, they're not going to be on Strava, but they're going to be something that if you, if you've slept really well and you've ate really well, you know, you're, you're pretty, pretty resilient, right? So we want to take care of those big rocks, those big concepts, because it's just going to make everything else better, right? We know things like sleep is just going to affect whatever cortisol or, or how we use sugar. And so like the food that you eat is, is, you know, even if it's not perfect, if you sleep well, it gets digested better, you know, and and then we may have a body composition thing down the road or, or just energy, right? If we're talking about endurance, like how we use sugar is pretty important, right? So sleep can help with that. So I think when we're talking about how much you can train, we want to look at like, what can we consistently do without struggling on the long term? And some weeks we have to hustle or on a long weekend, we can hustle and add a day, add some hours. Yeah, I mean, when you first talk to like an incoming client or like when you're kind of doing your first check-in, how often is it that the person will say like, oh, I can train 15 hours a week, but then as you actually start like going, kind of walking them through day by day, you realize like it's actually probably more like 10 hours with maybe a couple extra hours like crammed in there. Yeah, I mean, I think I try and like head that off a little bit, but I would say we're all pretty optimistic. I I would be no different. Like when people ask how much I train, like I usually am like, oh yeah, you know, maybe like 12 to 15. I don't even know like sometimes if I hit that, to be honest. Um, So I I don't know. It's like, I think you just want to be consistent and think about like where does that fit into your day and what are the different aspects of fitness, um, which we include walking and our core or yoga and those different things, right? And start building those little chunks into the week. Um, and then for your sport training, I think you're thinking about what what are the times of the year that you do need to hustle and can you make little blocks or where you know maybe you have the space in life to hustle, right? So we talk a lot about, you know, you're an accountant, you know, April's tax season, probably don't plan a lot of stuff for April or, and probably May, right? Cause you're not going to feel super confident with the, the training you've done coming into May. Right. And you'd be surprised how often that's the setup. It's like family vacation in July, two weeks, and then, you know, an August race like Leadville, right. Or, or something like that, or, you know, dirty Kansas always tough or DK as it is now is is always tough because it's spring and if you come from a super wintry area getting ready for a 200 mile like you're just going to feel stressed a little bit about that that mileage if you can't maybe get away for like a warm weather camp or something right for sure and it doesn't mean don't do it but you need to be prepared for that feeling um, and how you're going to overcome it and you might not have to overcome the actual challenge as much as the feeling Now, sort of speaking to what's going on right now in the world, though, we're hitting fall of 2020. And I mean, from what I've seen, every major marathon has been canceled. Cyclocross nationals in Canada are canceled. And I mean, in all reality, will likely be canceled in the U.S. Um, There's not a lot of races that people can even be pinning, like pinning their numbers on slash like, you know, actually like putting a goal on the calendar. Right now, I'd say most people's calendars look blank until 2021, where maybe there's some and there's still some question marks even heading into that. So I think that's that's almost harder with the how much do I train when there isn't even this like, oh, I need to train to go really hard for 40 minutes on a cross course or I need to train to do a 200 mile ride in four months from now. Um, It's that magic eight ball like future hazy ask again later thing so i think yeah. it's, it's leading to a lot of people wanting to cram like all of the hours they can in because they're they're not racing and they need sort of something to which is sort of weird why do we want to cram in right um well, because, sort of an odd urge i understand it no, but it's sort it's, of weird it's because everyone has lost their like ability to be the badass at the office who like spent the weekend racing right so now you need to have spent the weekend you know laying down 20 miles on the trails or you know doing some other yeah i had one of the younger athletes i coach was sort of randomly decided that he wanted to do the eight hours uh, that we have like a distanced eight hour event coming up that's spread over two weeks so you sort of just show up on the day of your choosing and ride for eight hours around this really short loop 
And I sort of was pushing him a bit because he, he had never mentioned it. And I'm always a little like when you're younger, right? You got you just have to be careful, right? That you don't go from zero to eight. Um, you know, really, and he's not. He's actually quite fit. And, and I don't think it would have been an issue. But I was sort of giving him the example of like, what if we, tr- you know, just you came up to Collingwood or something. And you trained for three or four hours on really good mountain bike trails and maybe rode with other people because the problem is this is distanced and like, you know, his friends aren't doing it. So you know, what if you did more consistent training and, and maybe on more event specific terrain and it took like, you know, even just one three hour ride where he comes someplace that's more technical or something, right. Or, or more social or more difficult or whatever, you know, sometimes the way we spend our our time is, is as you say, cramming, right? Like it's one eight hour epic gravel ride, uh, you know, but then we aren't riding gravel for weeks after. And so that's where I think with this sort of main tenant of training of consistency, right? Is it's not a sexy dance. It's part of the sexy dance, but they like hour a day, right? You know, if you're, if you're continuously riding that gravel bike on mixed terrain, you know, just, you know, quote unquote, the hour path gravel ride, even if it's around the city, right? There's a lot of aspects that you pick up that aren't inherently fitness, but you know, are going to a, your fitness is going to improve, but you're also every day, very familiar with your bike and the skills and, and that's so sort of stuff. Right. So I, f- I think my feeling on it is that we, we sort of save it and we do those epic things when we can. Um, but we're always sort of just careful about this idea of cramming. I think the day can be then extended into like a weekend, right. Or, you know, whatever you're talking, maybe about a month. Right. So it, it's tricky. I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer in that, but I think the way you need to look at it is that like, what are you doing for the long term, and, and will this, you know, result in extended fatigue or injury or that sort of thing. And that's how we often frame those epic things. Like, is it worth it? I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that's happening right now is a lot of people are trying to cram in every last thing before, uh, winter hits. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm going to have to also add a gift for winter is coming. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Like winter or like maybe something with COVID is going to change. We don't know who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly with winter, probably some of the restrictions will be different. Who knows? So there is that. Uh, I, I just was reading the journals of Henry Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau. Casual. Yeah. I just wanted to drop that in there. It's one of the longest books I think I've ever read, to be honest, but it's, it's been okay. Feels it like it. Ebbs and flows. Well, I read slow. I don't read fast like you. So, but anyhow, the, it was sort of timely in that this, this quote was in the summer, we lay up a stock of experiences for the winter as the squirrel of nuts, something for conversation in winter evenings. So I'll leave you with that little bit of quote. And I think that's sort of what we're thinking, right? Is like we need to get all our biking or all our running in. But I think as consummate athletes, we should be thinking about, yes, for sure, getting in the rides while the riding's good. But we shouldn't be stressed about fall or winter because we're also, it's an opportunity to do other things, right? And and that's we're building out this capability so that we can pivot, you know, we can adapt to the different changing situations, right? That could include indoor movement, but it also includes other stuff, right? Our, our base of walking, maybe some hiking, some running, you know, different things, going to the gym even, right? So yeah, that's our, our quote, our, our literature for the, the day. I like it. Okay, so on a more practical note though, how much should we be training? Yeah, so I think some ways to go after that, right? I guess that's ultimately the question everyone's waiting for us to answer. Um, so I think we have the, like, what are you doing now and how is that working? Right. If, if you're seeing progress, like I always go back, like, like, how are you doing? Right. And sometimes it'll be like, no, I need to train more. It's like, well, how are you do? Oh, I've been getting personal bests and, you know, feel pretty good. Okay. Well, maybe we just keep doing that. Right. Or you know, <laughs> until it doesn't. Again, I'm coming back to, because we haven't had racing. People are used to feeling broken down for like a week after right. their a race. So without that feeling, it's really hard to feel like you're making progress. Even if you're completely objectively aware yeah. that progress is being made. Well, and we had an episode a couple weeks ago, similar to this one. What was that one about? awkward yeah. <laughs> I'm trying uh, to mid-season reset Sorry. yeah I yeah yeah so this idea and it. i actually was listening to it I, I try and listen to all our episodes for feedback and so forth um but you said something to the effect of like you know maybe someone would do like a big like killer workout you know challenge type thing and then take their rest week and it occurred to me that like 
okay, maybe, but like in the same vein, like it's okay to take a rest day slash week when you're not knackered uh, or month, right? Like it's this idea of getting back to zero versus getting back to like 25, right? <laughs> like if you're out of a hundred, right? Like, or, or whatever, there's no, they're arbitrary units, but you're in the negative. You're like in the hurt locker. You have injuries, you have a fatigue, you're sore every day. You're not progressing. You're plateauing. Um, you know, any tests you do, like uh, it's showing that like, it isn't always you need to train more often, like a week off does magical things. Like I just took basically a week off and did a CP 20, you know, a 20 minute TT, one of the better ones I've done in years, actually. Should be pointed out that he took this week off kicking and screaming and was a giant baby about it. Yeah. I think I'm to the point now where like, I, I hate it, but I, I like, okay, like I just need to do this for life or because I'm feeling this way or whatever. Um, and, and a lot of it is mental for sure. And that's, that's part of training, right? Is not all of training is easy. And that includes the off days can be very hard. The off weeks can be even harder. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your favorite thing in the entire universe. Well, so it does really, I, uh, as, as a segue, right? So we're talking about how much do you need to do? How much are you doing right now is the first question. And how is that treating you? And, and I think you need to reflect on this both in terms of, like actually like your feelings on this, like how is your training going? Is, is it about as good as you can expect given your experience and the time you have and everything else? And then it, there might be a practical thing, like you just got a personal best. Then I, I don't know that I'd change a lot if like things are on track and you're doing pretty well, like keep going or, or go in a new direction if there's a new block or focus that's like motivating for you or, or would fill some gaps in your game so like mine's always around sprinting or some of those higher intensities maybe I want to do a block like that right now just to mix it up and it seems like my threshold is pretty good right or, or I could go after endurance because that side of the thing too maybe isn't right so there's lots of options but you want to reflect on like where you are versus where someone else is which i think is often the mistake is like you see someone doing everesting and you're like well i need to everest to get faster because they're fast and it's like well i mean what <laughs> right like that's not always rational i don't know if that's the i would like a lot of bonus points for the fact that i have a friend a fellow shred girl in real life who's doing everesting here in collingwood next week and asked me if i wanted to tag along and i said i would come for a couple of laps right and for me that was hard well we'll see how you do with that uh she's well, quite booked, she's quite fast so. i know and i booked some other appointments on monday so i can't be along for the entire ride on purpose the other thing i want uh, we mentioned everstein ellen noble just did i don't know how long it's going on or if it maybe is over by the time someone's listening but i, I liked the idea she had like a your everest challenge and the idea was that like you picked a suitable i always say it's sort of like a scary goal um, and, and you just go and do it. So it might be like a lesser amount of climbing. It might be more climbing. I don't know. I don't know you. Um, but it might be some sort of challenge. It could be a different sport, whatever. Um, but her idea was just like, it was like sort of a big scary goal that people would do. And there was some sort of prizing and stuff. So see Ellen Noble's Instagram for that. Um, but I liked that. Right. And sometimes that's what we'll, we've been doing this year with clients. I, uh, one of the clients just did, some of them were doing like Rebecca private Idaho and sort of made a variation on that. Similarly, like went for the distance type thing and just, it, it, you can still do scary things, but I think it's scaling it to like what is reasonable for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're, you're saying, okay, so this idea of we have who, how much we need to train, how are we doing? And then we want to think about not just performance. And this is often the like nebulous sort of like thing to understand is we have this idea of performance capacity maybe so like how many watts can you do or how far can you ride you know this idea of performance so this is like an actual like outcome but then there's also like adaptability or like how much stimulus do you need to actually adapt right so if we think about training as like your endurance your ability to use oxygen and pedal efficiently and all those different things body processes that go into that um you know, to improve any one of those, how much do you need to ride and what intensity, like what is the stimulus, right? Is it 90 minutes? Is it two hours? Is it three hours? Is it four hours? Right. And I, I use the analogy after, and we, we've talked about the inverted you, but I've thought that rainbow would be a better way to describe this. Oh, I like so it. So you're on this rainbow and we start, we know the one end, we've caught the one end of the rainbow and we're going up it. And so if you picture this rainbow going up and that's sort of like the hours we're training uh, to keep it simple. So we all agree that, okay, like 
one hour of training wouldn't make you that fit, but maybe would help for a while. And then you'd have to go to like two hours and then keep increasing. But at some point the ride is getting ridiculously long and it wouldn't be, it, it would be like not really beneficial. Like you'd be, you know, you know what I mean? The, 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 the rainbow's getting towards the top of the arc and then it starts going down and you're actually riding longer to get less benefit, right? Cause you're starting to get t- really tired or you're starting to get sick or you're starting to get a knee injury. Right. And this is like this idea of like adaptation, right? Your body's ability to adapt. Like it, it, there's sort of this like cost benefit as you go more and more, and that could be harder or more load at the gym or more reps or whatever. So I think when we think about training, you want to think about adaptation as much as performance, right? So your one hour rides for a lot of people might be done consistently over time, a great stimulus, right? Some of them are hard with intervals. Some of them are what I call unremarkable. They're just a one hour ride. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Maybe you listened to a podcast, right? They're unremarkable, but you're stimulating this, we'll call it aerobic system, right? You're pedaling the bicycle, you're running, right? You're practicing the sport, but it's unremarkable, right? And so that's, that's training sort of boring. It goes on for a long time and we keep increasing the load. The load though could increase by sort of mafetone style of like, you're still running easy, but it keeps getting faster and faster or further and further. Right. So then the load is sort of increasing if we think about it like that. Right. So adaptation versus performance. So that's when people say, how much should I train? Right. Well, this is ultimately the question. How much do you need to train? to get faster, right? Right. Like if you can, if you can get faster in 10 hours a week, uh, like why would you increase to 20 hours a week when you're not going to like likely or in this, in this scenario, like 20 hours isn't going to make you faster. Um, and it could actually increase your risk for injury. So are you much better off hitting 10 quality hours versus 20 yeah. likely injured, likely kind of crap hours. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we, if we use the analogy, um, we have a podcast coming up that I'm really excited for that I'll just tease, but um, that we'll talk more about this idea uh, with someone who's like, I sort of stole a lot of these ideas from, but yeah, that's ultimately the question is if, if you're starting and you're a beginner or a newer rider and you go and do 20 hours, like does your body absorb that or would you get about the same benefit as 10 hours, right? And this is like sort of just vague like numbers. But if you think about that, right, does it immediately, can your body actually absorb those 20 or are you sort of just going to end up about where you are? Like I would contest that to absorb a 20 hour week or like some of these 30 hour weeks and stuff, right? Like you actually have to gradually progress to that or else it's too much too soon. And what you'll see, which is often where people struggle is the like downstream effects, right? So for sure, maybe you're really tired the week after and sore. So that's what people are going after is like feeling like they had a good workout. So they get home from, uh, I'm not going to say Spain, (laughs) that'd be too close to the, um, they get home from Spain and they're like, oh, I feel really tired. So I got fit but then they don't ride for like a week or two weeks and then they're really tired in their intervals and then they're not really motivated to go ride because they sort of burnt a lot of their motivation right and it's like pretty quickly it's a couple months before there's anything of significance again so this is like doing the like eight hour you know super long gravel ride but then not doing anything of significance um you know for a while right right and i mean right now arguably we have this unique chance to not do that because like most of us don't have any races this is actually a great time to uh i know you love the hay in the barn analogy i think so uh this is a really good time to like intelligently smartly in a well-executed way start piling more hay into the barn gradually yeah. yeah yeah and so the idea if we use the hay in the barn and, and keep thinking about this idea of like do you need to do 10 or 20 hours is that like you're starting wherever you are so pick your your actual number of what you've been doing consistently so your average say over the last 90 days or you can pick 365 or whatever and and that's about where you are consistently right and then you can choose to increase that gradually but like this is your classic joe friel or any book right is like we're just gradually increasing the load we can handle over a number of weeks right and so you could be like okay well i'm hoping that august races will go next year you know we're a long ways out but there's no reason you can't keep doing blocks of training if you want to use more of a block periodization or or start into like a very long base phase or something too right like there's you can pick whichever there's no real wrong answer 
um, on what you do, right? We had Steven Seiler on talking about the like four by four versus four by eight versus four by 16 and how it didn't really matter a lot as long as they sort of did that twice a week and then also just did a lot of endurance around, right? To support it. So your hay in the barn, I sort of got off on tangent. Hay in the barn is you're gradually putting the hay in the barn. You can't just like machine gun it through the sides of the barn, right? And like then the barn's going to fall down. So you need to just keep laying the hay into your barn over time. Right? And I mean, I'll, I'll throw in a, a quick pitch for, for Peter and the training plans that we have over at Consummate Athlete. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, this can just all of this sounds really good and it sounds, you know, you're like, yeah, definitely train less. Maybe, um, it can still be hard to figure out what your number is and figure out how to gradually progress stuff and everything. So at the moment we have a, a sale going on with three month custom training plans and a phone consult. Yeah. It struck me that a lot of people were doing those two things together. So like it would make more sense just to make it easier to get them because sort of we had it set up clunky or I had it set up clunky uh, to like get them both. So now it's just like sort of book your time for the call, ask a couple questions and then there's no intake form aside from that. So I would say it's fairly clean now to, to get that. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that, I mean, you know, you can obviously listen to this and figure it out on your own, but you know, a lot of the time it does help to have a, a third party look at this and say like, no, you're actually already doing really good stuff and things are trending. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's all we need. Yeah. Is this someone to say you're doing good, buddy? Things are trending well. And like, here's how we can maybe tweak it and improve on it. But like, we don't need to like reinvent the wheel or double up the wheel or triple the wheel or whatever. I've lost that analogy. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot there, a lot there for sure. So we have lots of we have a rainbow over a barn and a sexy dance but the idea here is that you're just trying to keep yourself moving and just it, it's an experiment right so like any experiment you're going to have an outcome so you look at how you're feeling right now how are you riding or, or doing whatever sport you want and then you tweak just a little bit of the experiment right and for sure just try two hours less of, of training this this month right again you have time that's the nice thing about this experiment is there's no urgency so there should be no cramming um, but, and, and just see, right. Like, do you feel when you're more motivated, like, do you actually see that the workouts go better? Right. I know that's what I've found is like, I can handle a fair bit of time or, or I need even a fair bit of time between intensity workouts and then they go phenomenal. And so it, it's, you know, instead of doing even two a week, I would say I'm probably more like one every, you know, six days type thing. I guess that would be sort of like one every week um but it's like it may not be right like it sort of like depends on how what's going on in between and sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less right but it's feeling out that that idea and the volume definitely has to undulate a bit with the demands of life right yeah for sure um and the other thing i'll kind of point to is you actually have an article about how often can you do epic stuff that we'll link to in the show notes um that's been kind of a recurring favorite i would say as far as like articles that we reference a lot articles that your clients kind of come to a lot yeah there's a picture of a barn in that one too oh, perfect. no rainbow though so we're gonna have to find a rainbow graphic i I've the got... inverted u is in it though so mm, if you, you need go. the inverted u yeah, it's yeah. there yeah. i've got everyone covered on this episode's show notes it's a fantastic gift guide so i highly recommend that you head over to consummateathlete.com to check out the show notes for this one uh, they're gonna be good there's a sexy dance and a rainbow yeah not not a sexy dance by either of us i should really make that clear but is it the carlton uh that's yes <laughs> damn, damn it <laughs> there's also a good snl one so there's gonna be some some repeats since you've been using the sexy dance thread throughout uh, so anyway, highly recommend that everyone head to consummateathlete.com and check the show notes for this episode. Peter, any any final words here before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think it's just everyone, you know, have fun with your training, you know, figure out the balance between feeling like you're improving and feeling like you're enjoying it. I think that's probably that's the other. probably the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Well done. Beautiful. All right, everyone, enjoy your weekend and we will see you on Tuesday. Hello, everyone. We are here today to talk about a new sponsor of the Consummate Athlete podcast, Wattbike. Uh, so for those of you who are kind of trying to already think about uh, indoor training, Wattbike is a smart bike capable of connecting to the leading training and racing apps, ahem, Zwift. 
Yes, it includes all of these online features. You can connect to them. It is a smart bike. And this is a bike that's been around now really big in the UK. Uh, and that has been made into a smart bike to connect with all of your favorite apps. Um, but it's benefiting from all these years of experience being used uh, for testing with big organizations like the UCI Cycling Center is using it for their talent ID. So you know that these bikes are super accurate. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you're training inside, it has real ride feel technology, so it'll actually feel like you're you're riding on the road. And okay, uh, maybe in the winter, it's better that you know, you're not getting the snow and the wind in your face, but the resistance will feel like you're actually outside pedaling. That's right, and while we're looking at you know what we're going to do inside, I always talk about this idea of trying to use our context. Where are we? And the Watt bike, one of the great things that I really like about it is they have, A, they're really accurate, but B, they offer um, access, free access to the Watt Bike Hub, which is a bunch of, uh, you know, climbs and and different courses you can ride uh, using their ERG mode, which again is very natural feeling, very road-like. Uh, and they also have uh, a pedal sort of po- what they call the Polar View and pedal affection uh, pe- pedal affection uh, the affection is the effective score, uh, which essentially is just they're going to sort of graphically present your pedal stroke, right? And sort of help you while you're indoors staring at a screen. Why aren't you getting some feedback, some biofeedback, we might even say, right, to try and develop that pedal stroke and, and, and work on that. Yeah. So if you are looking for a way to get fitter this winter, uh, head over to wattbike.com slash US. That's W-A-T-T bike.com slash US to find out more about how you can get one of these. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us bring on, you know, great new guests. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, at consummateathlete.com, at consummateathlete on Instagram. uh, And I am at Molly J. Herford on Instagram and Twitter. And Peter is at Peter Glassford. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.